welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 14th of December 2014, entitled The Light and Life of the World, and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Here's Brother Gareth Green. Today we will be in the book of John, specifically in the verse, uh, first five verses of John chapter 1. Heavenly Father, we do thank those to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are written in a chronological fashion. Um, and so does that mean that John is uh, somehow uh, less reliable um, than the other three Gospels? Well, uh, one of the interesting things about John is that he is considered to be uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, we can see this in John uh, 21, verse 20 to 24. You don't have to turn there now. Um, and that's not to say that uh, Jesus did not love the other disciples, um, but that there was a deeper friendship between uh, these two than there were with, uh, with the others. Uh, this is the same way that Jesus' relationship is described uh, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus as well. Now, this type of love uh, does not mean anything uh, untoward. Uh, it doesn't mean anything uh, sexual. The word used uh, in the Greek is agape, agape, uh, which is um, a self-sacrificial love. Um, so, in light of these close relationships uh, that John has uh, with Jesus, uh, that Jesus has with John, it would suggest that John may have had more information or understands more about the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, and therefore, we can reasonably assume that this gospel uh, is, although different, is equal, equally reliable. So, in these opening verses, John obviously uh, wants to set the stage for the rest of the gospel. Throughout the book, uh, throughout the book John uses themes like light, life, and darkness. And, and so it would make sense for him to introduce those themes in the opening passage, which he does. The purpose of this whole gospel is revealed to us in John uh, chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. If you'll turn there with me now, please. John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. Uh, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye may, you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So the book of John was written so that those that have not seen Jesus in the flesh would believe in Jesus. So as we work our way uh, through the verses that we're going to read uh, now, uh, keep in mind this purpose, that those who have not seen Jesus in the flesh might believe in Jesus. So if you'll turn back with me to John chapter 1 and verse 1 to 5. I invite you to stand to on the reading. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Please be seated. So, uh, let's reread verse one, 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So, the first and second verses of John uh, seem to slightly repeat uh, each other. John may be doing this uh, to show that while he is saying what he is saying is important, um, and that we can understand it. Um, so what does John tell us here? In the first verse, John lays out his sentence in a very similar manner to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. John doesn't start with Christ's physical birth, um, but he seems to go back and almost give a commentary on how life began. Um, inspired by the Holy Ghost and possibly um, relaying information that Jesus had given to him. John tells us that the Word of God, the second person in the Trinity, Jesus Christ, was and is God. John introduces Jesus with his deity on full display. He doesn't beat around the bush. He starts his gospel with the essential news of who Jesus is. Perhaps he thought, uh, if they are going to get offended by reading uh, what I've written um, and put it down, or they don't have time to finish reading all the way through uh, this gospel, then what is the one thing I want them to walk away with? The word was with God, and the word was God. And so taking this um, as an example of evangelism, understanding the purpose of this is to um, tell those about Jesus that don't, that don't yet believe in Jesus yet. Um, our evangelism should not shy away from proclaiming the Trinity. Um, as we saw earlier, the book of John uh, was written to, um, to show non-Christians who Jesus was. And John starts his gospel with the Trinity. The Trinity is the heart of who God is, and it should not be glazed over because we think people will not understand it when we are evangelizing. Um, I don't fully understand it, but I know it is truth. And so one of the questions that comes to mind whilst reading uh, verse 1 of John chapter 1 is, why did John call Jesus the Word? Why not call him Christ? Why not call him Messiah? Or why not call him the Son of God? Why does John want to get clear right at the start of his gospel that Jesus is the Word? Why is Jesus given this title? Well, in the Old Testament, the phrase, uh, the Word of God, or the Word of the Lord, appears over 1,200 times. Um, and it's used to refer to uh, the message of God. For example, in Isaiah 38 and verse 4, 
the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. In this case, God wanted Isaiah to deliver a message. So by calling Jesus the word, John may be drawing attention to the fact that God is communicating with the world. Instead of communicating the word of God through a prophet um, as, God, as, as God has previously done, the word of God has now become incarnate. So try and think of it like this. When you're communicating with someone, the method of communication is reflective of the importance of the message. Um, this is something uh, we learnt uh, last year when I was doing the um, embracing Chinese culture, uh, the way that they, um, where they shake hands um, and the way that they hand things over. It's all about how you present something, how you um, deliver the message, is how seriously that they will um, interpret it, how seriously they'll see you treating it, as it were. So if your boss sent you an email, uh, then you'd probably read it and perhaps uh, reply to it as well, if it was needed. But if your boss came to your home, uh, then naturally you'd think that what they are about to tell you is more important than if they just sent you a message over an email. If you got a letter from the police, then uh, you would think that it was important, obviously. But if a policeman knocked on your door, you would think that the message was very, very important. And, for example, when I proposed to my wife, I didn't do it over text or over a phone call. <laughs> so the point is that some messages are so important that they need to be communicated in person. And that's why the word of God became flesh to bring us the very important good news. Now, let's move on to verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So verse 3 tells us that uh, the member of the Trinity that was responsible for creation was the word of God, Jesus Christ. This also tells us that God was not created. Something that does not exist cannot create itself. And God had to exist before he could create. Verse 3 also draws us back to uh, Genesis chapter 1 as well. On each of the six days of creation, the Bible tells us that each day started with the same three words. And God said... So God created everything by speaking it into existence, by his word, except for humans, which God made from the dust of the ground. And that's in Genesis 2, verse 7. The person that wrote the rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, obviously didn't understand the power that words have. God's word created. God's word calmed the storm. God's word raised the dead. Again, John draws attention to the great respect and honor we should attribute to Jesus Christ.
Let's move on to verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So in this verse, we have two very important words. We have the word life, and we have the word light. As I mentioned back at the start, life and light are two important themes that run through the Gospel of John. So understanding them is obviously very important. So what does the word life mean in the original Greek? Well, quite simply, it means life. And also, the word light means light. Not in terms of weight of something, but as in uh, make manifest or bring to light. Um, let's look into the book of John to seek some clarification of what these terms mean. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This verse uh, shows us firstly that light is obviously the opposite of darkness. But it also shows us that light leads to life. After looking at these verses and with some guidance from uh, Mr. Steve and Mr. Peter, thank you very much, um, I think it is reasonable to conclude that light is truth. Now we have that definition, we can now replace the word, uh, that word and say, the truth of God brings life, or the word of God brings life. Again, light equals truth. What about the word life? What does that mean? Well, let's turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. In this verse, life and resurrection seem to be the opposite of death. Let's read that again. 11.25 Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so with this verse in mind, I submit to you that life equals salvation. The life that Jesus is and gives us is salvation. So life equals salvation. Uh, having established these definitions, we can now return to John chapter 1 and verse 4. And we can now say the following. In Jesus was salvation, and salvation was truth of men, or the truth given to men. In other words, the truth of God, or the word of God, brings salvation. And now this can be taken in two ways. Firstly, the word of God, Jesus, died on the cross to achieve our salvation. And also, that God's word can bring salvation to the reader. 
for example, in Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's move on to verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the, don and the darkness comprehended it not. So verse 4 showed us that Jesus is light and life. Uh, so what about uh, darkness that we've heard about in verse 5? Verse 5 tells us that darkness has a lack of ability to comprehend certain things, specifically the things of God. Now, the Greek definition of the word uh, points to spiritual darkness, not just darkness in terms of lack of, lack of light. Again, let's dig into the book of John to seek clarification for this definition. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. John 3, 19 to 20. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So remember that light is truth. Okay, let's read let's reread this verse in light of remembering that light is truth. And this is the condemnation that light or truth is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light rather than truth, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, or hateth the truth, neither cometh to the light, or cometh to the truth, lest his deeds should be reproved. And so, in light of this, a number of things can be understood. Firstly, darkness is the opposite of truth. So let's call the darkness lies or evil. Secondly, the world loves darkness. Uh, the world loves evil and hates the truth. Thirdly, men love darkness or love evil because it, hate, because it hides their evil deeds. Um, if you're surrounded by evil, then it's not going to make you feel uh, that uncomfortable uh, to do evil as well. You'll just blend in. And fourthly, when we come to the light, our deeds will be reproved. When the light of God shines into our lives, our sins will be visible. God's presence removes sin. At Christmas, we celebrate the light of God coming into the world, which is strange in one sense. Here's some light. Obviously, if it was dark, you'd be able to see it. Um, because like turning on a torch, although the light that shines is beautiful, the evil that, il that it illuminates is not. God's light coming into the world is like turning on a torch to look into a sewer. Although the truth of God exposes our sin, it also helps us to deal with our sin. As Christians, we are supposed to be like Christ, imitators of Christ. We are the light of the world. If the world cannot turn to a Christian to see an example, then 
where can it turn? Where can they see this light? When you are around people, are you a light to their lives? Do your actions encourage their sin? Or do your actions bring shame upon their sin? Let us praise God that he brought us out of the world and saved us from our sin. If you are a Christian here today, then the only reason that we have, uh, that we are not out there living in evil and in sin is because God changed us. John chapter one, verse five, says that the darkness cannot comprehend light. The world cannot comprehend the truths of Christ. So let us be the light of the world by soaking ourselves in the word of God. Let's reread the first five verses of John chapter one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. At the care home last night, we shared with the residents the true meaning of Christmas. The celebration of the word of God becoming flesh. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word of God came down to us to communicate a very important message. The message is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you.